Good afternoon and welcome to Free to Be Faithful. I'm moderator Kip Allen. Free to Be Faithful is a religious liberty education and awareness program created by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, in response to increasing governmental incursions into religious life. People of faith and our institutions have come under increasing attack in recent years from secular sources. Words have power. They can educate, inform, and entertain. They can be used to shape how we think of our world around us. But like any power, words can be misused. They can be potent weapons in cultural warfare, shaping how people think and believe. Since the 1950s, a publication called the Associated Press Style Book has been used by nearly all media outlets in the country as a way to standardize word meaning, grammar, and style. The style book is updated every year as new words and terms enter our vocabulary. But in recent years, some of these changes seem to have a political agenda. Now, I discuss this issue with LCMS communication specialist Roger Drennan and Peter Slayton. Roger, would you start it off and just tell people who you are and what you do here, and then we'll kick it over to Peter. Yes, I'm uh, the director of editorial and media relations for the Senate. Uh, I have a military background in journalism and public affairs. I'm a graduate of the Defense Informational School, Information School of Journalism and uh, several subsequent courses with the military. Peter? Hey, Kip. I am Peter Slayton. I am the social media manager for the LCMS, and I spend my days on social media wading through how people use language, sometimes better than others. <laughs> Some uses are better than others. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> and just a little background on myself. Uh, I've been a journalist for about 40 years. I do have a master's in journalism from uh, Northwestern. Um, I've been in working in uh, radio mostly, but I've also done some work in uh, magazines, newspapers, and new media. And the AP Press uh, style book is ubiquitous. It is used everywhere, everywhere. Everything from when to use Mr. or Mrs. or Ms. to when you spell out a number as opposed to spell up to actually use the numeral. I mean, it's used for all sorts of really silly things. Not silly, but I mean, just to standardize. I mean, I believe the book is... Silly like, for us lay people who don't have to work with it all the time. It's like, why are you worried about that? Yeah. Well, it's, it's called the Journalist Bible for a reason. I mean, it's over 500 pages in length to give you an idea just how involved and how, how direct it is. Now, every year they upgrade it as new words. For example, is internet uppercase or lowercase? Is email one or two? You know, is it hyphenated or one word? You know, little things like that. But recently, we've seen some, what I think are very disturbing changes. And they're disturbing because they are going to start appearing in all media. Uh, I've shared my concerns with both Roger and Peter. Roger, why don't you kick it off with some of the concerns that you and I have shared? Well, first of all, uh, we're talking about the AP, the Associated Press style book, not the APA style book, which is an academic style book. Mm -hmm. So the AP style book uh, evolved over the years so that when people write news articles, there is consistency in terminology and punctuation and all these things that make news uh, readable and understandable and digestible in somewhat of a standardized format. Because if we standardize uh, journalist content across all publications, people are, are more accustomed to uh, reading the material in that type of terminology and form. But, well, the, but the changes we've seen, for example, in this year's update, are rather remarkable. So what happens over time, if, if a publication like the AP Stylebook uh, starts to have certain political overtones 
or if it bows to a certain lexicon that's trendy right now when we talk about uh, terminology on key issues, uh, it can be a problem because it, it's no longer an objective publication and it succumbs to the current trend or whatever the zeitgeist is, zeitgeist is on uh, terminology. And some examples we'll talk about today uh, deal with uh, gender identity and um, you know whether or not you use the term terrorist or militant and things like that. Why is that important? Well, if we use euphemisms, um, that can kind of not just call a thing what it is. And we're all about, as Lutherans, we're about calling things what they are directly. Uh, and, you know, we, we have to be very accurate in what, how we describe things, you know. So, for example, uh, if I'm writing a news article about Bruce Jenner, I would say Bruce Jenner, who now identifies uh, a biological male who identifies as a woman named Caitlin. But the current guidance under the AP, AP Stylebook says I would not do that. I would simply call him her and, and Caitlin. That's correct. You would not be able to refer to the prior status or actually present status if you want to look at it from a traditional point of view. Uh, Peter, I'm sure you've run into some situations on social media. Yeah, I mean, this this is this is a common common thing. Well, let me start off this way. I think what's what's been helpful to me as we're grappling with why does this matter? Um, because most of us, we're, we're not necessarily dealing with the AP style book, but it is going to impact what we hear and how we hear it. And so I, one, one example I thought of is, you know, if my children typically call me daddy, that that means something particular to them. They, have, they use that word in a particular way. It means something. But if all of a sudden one of them calls me father, there's something different going on there. There is a change in uh, how I think about them, how they think about me. That change communicates something, even if it might be the same you know, the same kind of word, there's now a different meaning behind that because it's not the way it's normally been used. And so if they continue to call me father over time, I'm going to adjust to that and realize there maybe there's been a change in the relationship. Something has shifted here. Mentally, my own thinking will shift. I think this the reason this this discussion that we're having is actually an important one is because when the media all of a sudden begins using different words, different phrases to talk about something without us even noticing, mm -hmm. we begin to think differently about it. And like you said, on social media, the, this happens frequently. We, you get in arguments over which word should we use, which terminology should we use, and it can get very, um, very, very ugly very fast if people's you know emotions kind of run away with them. Well, one uh, one change I've seen in the uh, in the AP book that really disturbs me uh, concerns the uh, pro-life movement. Now, pro-life movement has been around since R.V. Way. We're talking 40 years now. We know what it means. But suddenly, AP says that pro-life is no longer an acceptable term for, the, for us. It's got to be anti-abortion. And their argument being that, well, gee, people pro-life could, could uh, somebody who's pro-life might be pro-capital punishment, so they can't be pro-life. And at the same time, AP now advocates, I believe it's a uh, pro-abortion rights for those who advocate. Yeah, rather than pro-abortion. Now, the subtle connotations there are uh, those of us who are pro-life are now labeled with a negative right. prefix. And that may not seem like much, but it really has an impact on the psyche of the reader, uh, a subtle and cumulative impact the more that they see these negative prefixes on our end of the spectrum and a more positive or pro-prefix to those who advocate abortion. Well, especially if all the sources they're consuming for their news 
are speaking in that way and they never have opportunity to talk to a real pro-life person. Uh, there, there are people in our country, we have become so segmented and so um, separated from each other in many ways. We like to form our own communities of like-minded individuals. And so we can literally be separated from anybody who thinks differently from us. And so when your all your media sources begin to speak the same way you do, um, or you begin to only hear from that single voice coming mm -hmm. from all those media sources, and you're in a community that speaks the same way, and as Roger just said, it's oh, it's subtly negative, you are going to have, that that is going to influence you to where even without, because you don't know any of these people, you never interact with them, you are automatically going to have a subtly negative impression of them, having never met them before, having never interacted, or when you do enter into those interactions, and this is what I see on social media quite frequently, you project that negativity, that negativity onto them, even if they've never actually displayed it actively. Well, it can even be uh, a normative thing. Uh, for example, with uh, the, the concept of gay marriage, I'm going to quote directly here from the AP Style book. Regardless of sexual orientation, husband and wife is acceptable in all references to individuals in any legally recognized marriage. Spouse or partner may be used if requested. Now, I had always used, prior to this, when I was when I was doing my straight reporting, I'd always refer to them as partner. Which in and of itself demonstrates how that language shift with, with whether it's the AP style or just society in general, you became comfortable with using the word partner, whereas 40 years ago, nobody would have been comfortable with even that. I think you're. So, I think so you're we're right. already impacted by. It. We can't even escape it, even as we're aware of it. <laughs> yeah. So what we see here is the Associated Press, which we relied on for the standard uh, verbiage for a long time in journalism, is now advocating. You know the current lexicon, uh, the progressive lexicon. Uh, you know which deals with and, and on gender right here under the gender entry uh, in the new AP style book it says that gender is not synonymous with sex gender refers to a person's social identity so you have these assertions now in AP where they've totally bought into the current uh, zeitgeist and what I would what I would call a trendy lexicon whereas uh, you know responsible journalism calls us to report facts I would I would liken it to, uh, you know, Hans Christian Andersen's uh, Emperor's New Clothes, you know. Yeah. We call things as they are because we don't we don't want to be telling the emperor he doesn't have any, you know, that he has clothes on when he does not. And, uh, you know, in, in that book, all the people feared that they would be called idiots if they didn't agree that he had clothes on. So there's a danger to going along with the current uh, uh, trendy lexicon versus what we would call traditional uh, journalism and, and this is this is a real fear for many people uh, once again on on social media particularly if you're you know well any social media Facebook Twitter in particular there is a fear about speaking up and and using the improper terminology uh, whatever terminology has become accepted within society generally accepted um, there there is ba a backlash there is a price to be paid if you choose not to use it. Uh, and so there can there can be some fear involved, uh, and a disengagement and a walking away from the the battlefield entirely. It is, and you know we as 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 journalists, as uh, communication specialists, and as Lutherans, are deeply concerned with what we know is true. And, and we and we also you know when you step outside these the current you know politically correct terminology, 
people will accuse you of being unloving, but for me, it is more unloving to mislead a person and to indulge, you know, the the current trend versus to stick to factual uh, information that is not impacted by politics, you know, and, and I think you were mentioning earlier how Orwell wrote about this and others have written about this um, manipulation of language. Um, but you want to be precise and as unbiased in your language. And I think that uh, dealing with facts, because people have to deal with objective realities. I know that a lot of the postmodernists have rejected the idea of, a, of objective reality and objective truth. Yes. Uh, but there are certain things that are, are there are consequences for certain things. And, and we owe it to people in our reporting to be factually accurate, to not succumb to political pressures or to academic pressures or whatever they might be, uh, and just stick to facts and be as unbiased as possible in how we present information. And in our case, we always uh, include the church's uh, doctrine and positions on, in our reporting and what the church is doing about certain things. Roger, you mentioned in your background that you had some training in psychological operations, psychological warfare. And yes. Specifically u- utilizing words. Could you expand on that a little bit? So in, in military strategy, information is weaponized against your enemy and has been for centuries. You know, it, it would go back to someone like Genghis Khan building extra campfires at night to make his army appear larger than it was. And then the enemy, you know, succumbing to that uh, idea that it was a great army they were getting ready to face. So, you know, deception against an enemy and inf- using information as a weapon has been around for centuries. And so uh, as time has gotten on, that's become more sophisticated. So uh, in a deployed environment, when we're uh, fighting bad guys, we would use uh, information or disinformation to uh, help our folks achieve their objectives and save lives and and those kinds of things. So I was sent to the Air Force uh, Psychological Operations course at Maxwell Air Force Base, Alabama. Uh, And so that when I was deployed as a public affairs guy, I would uh, work not right with the psyops folks but but uh, my information would be in concert with whatever their objectives were and and not interfere with that Uh, but since attending that course i see how psychological messaging is is uh, placed in in words uh, and syntax uh, and also in entertainment media and in news media reporting and and so much uh, you know once you've been through that course it's kind of hard not to see things through a psychological operations lens. And, uh, you know, although at one time we had the Smith-Munt Act that, that prohibited PSYOPs on a domestic, on the domestic U.S. population, I'm not so sure that applies anymore. And, and also the press is, you know, runs amok with whatever biases they want to. So, um, but it, it does let me know, it, it did teach me that just the subtle manipulation of language can have a huge collective psychological impact on a populace. Well, we've, we've had, of course, a situation where former President Obama and other officials were, were criticized for not using the word Islamist or terrorist. Now, again, according to the AP, you shouldn't use Islamist or terrorist. The actual expression should be militant. And there's a gunman or lone wolves or attackers, not terrorists. Yes, and I, I even think that the... Uh we had an incident at an army base on the East Coast a few years ago where oh, they yeah. tried to call it workplace, workplace violence. Workplace violence, where uh, the uh, yeah that soldier, the major, uh, went uh, uh, who was a Muslim, 
went around chanting Allah Akbar while he murdered 13 soldiers. And so, that was that was termed workplace violence. So again, and and they and there seems to be a selective employment of euphemisms. Yes, uh, you know, and and certainly uh, Islamists get that passed by the media in many cases. Uh, I don't know why that is. Uh, I don't know if it's because so many in the media have a certain idea about what multiculturalism entails, or you know, ideals about how that works versus how it doesn't. Um, but we, again, we need to call things what they are and, and inform, make, inform people factually. And, and if that you know, means that we're not uh, using the current lexicon that's been so supposedly mandated to us, then you know, we have to stick to the facts versus uh, politically influenced language. Well, for example, the very concept of, say, traditional marriage, which we deal with every day here at the LCMS. Now, Peter, I know uh, I've run into on social media if I say I do not support the concept of, of gay marriage, I am immediately a homophobe, I am a, a terrible person, I'm a hater. I run into this all the time. <laughs> uh, well, part of this, uh, there's, there's this concept that I've, that I've been, that I've learned about and I'm currently kind of processing this whole context collapse where because of social media, we have so many audiences in our lives that are now all in the same place. So all my high school friends and my college friends and my childhood friends and my family and everybody is all on my Facebook wall and they all have varying backgrounds and differing opinions and differing political views. And previous to social media, I could usually I would hang out with these individuals in their own context and we could manage these kinds of conversations and they would be pretty civil. And so while I may have a conversation with my friend from college where I'm sitting in his living room and we're discussing this issue and he would not call me a homophobe for, you know, not not supporting gay marriage. Um, now, because of context collapse, all of these contexts that were previously separate, they're all now together and they're all on my Facebook wall. And so anything I say is going to be taken any number of different ways by all of these people, and I have no control over it. And so I'm going to get whatever I post, it doesn't matter what it is, I'm going to get people who really like it and people who really don't like it, and they're going to to react emotionally to me in that way. And so well, there, there's a certain sense in which we have to relearn how to communicate, I think, in a way. And as Christians, I think it is incumbent upon us to do what we can to speak with gentleness and respect. And I know for myself, I don't always, uh, when I get tired and frustrated, I kind of stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That should be my cue that uh, maybe I should stop talking now because I'm going to say something I shouldn't. <laughs> uh, I've lost the energy because it takes a lot more energy to speak with gentleness and respect to somebody with whom I disagree uh, than to just blow up at them. Uh, and so knowing in, in this situation, on social media in particular, I'm going to receive uh, blowback. I'm going to receive pushback from individuals that disagree with me. Uh, I, need, I need to be ready as a Christian. What is my gentle and respectful answer to this? What is my gentle and respectful way of talking about this in the first place where I even throw the topic out there? And that's, that's hard. It, there is no simple answer to that because, well all these different contexts that I'm interacting in, it's going to look different in each of those different places. And like Roger said, some of it may be a little more of a straightforward, hard-nosed approach depending on that individual. And other times, I really need to walk very carefully and tread very carefully. 
I always found, at least when I was working in the print media, uh, if I were to write a reply, I, I did a lot of editorial work, and uh, if, if I got a, a, a reply to an editorial I had written, I'd sit down and write my letter on there. <laughs> And then I have to put it aside for a day yeah. to let myself cool off and yep. pull out and look at it again. You can't do that with Facebook. You can, well, but you I should. don't. That's part of the problem. People don't do that. There is this there is this um, expectation that the 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 social media conversation must happen immediately and now, and yeah. it must keep going. Uh, partly because we ha we seem to have the shorter attention span. So, you know, if you're not immediately responding, well, you no longer respect me. What's your problem? You know, that becomes an insult in and of itself for not responding. But that actually only ends up exacerbating the problem. Because, yeah, I, I run a Facebook group, and in the group I will regularly tell people, step away, come back tomorrow. Yeah. If you're still interested in talking about this, let's talk about it tomorrow. But you're too wound up right now. You need to walk away. <laughs> now, Roger, you deal more of the print end here. And, of course, the uh, LCMS has a number of print publications that will pass through your hands. How do you handle that on our end? How do you, as a Christian and as an editor, being aware of the problems that we are having with the AP style, how do you approach that? Well, I think, um, you know, Right now, we're updating our LCMS style book, and I certainly have to uh, list the exceptions to the AP and the update of that style book given this latest uh, version. And so we are not obligated to follow the AP blindly. Uh, so we can make exceptions to you know how we address uh, gender, and we are going to continue to use pro-life. Uh, we are going to talk about marriage the way the church talks about marriage. But aren't we being just a voice in the wilderness? Because we know the rest of the media, that the secular media, is going to follow AP. How do we counter this with the public at large? Well, uh, for one thing, broadcasts like this, I hope, raise awareness of, of a certain level that language is being manipulated within our society. Um, our conversations with other people, we can let them know as well. And, and to let them know that when we talk about accurate reporting... We're, it's not meant to be any type of uh, unloving or, uh, comment, nor is it meant to be political in nature. It's meant actually to be apolitical and simply factual, which yeah. is what reporting should be. You know, commentaries, uh, op-eds, those are for opinions, but news uh, should be news. And uh, our terminology should always be accurate and not influenced by uh, politics. Well, back, I know when I was in journalism school back in the dark ages, I mean, <laughs> the thing that was drilled into my head over and over and over again was my opinion didn't matter. And if I had a problem with it, tell the editor and somebody else would do the story. And I remember an editor yelling at me once saying, that he never wanted to see this. Your, your opinion is inserted the story ever again. I didn't realize I had, but in re and rereading it, I realized he was absolutely right. I had subconsciously editorialized in what should have been a news story. I don't think that that's happening today. I, I'm not seeing that all that often in newsrooms. Well, I think that's one of the major points that we're bringing up here is that this new edition of the AP style book doesn't even try to do that anymore in, in many of these changes. They are now intentionally editorializing under the guise of not editorializing, that they're holding to the standard and that they're keeping, you know, they're just trying to keep the consistency and making sure that we're not being biased, but they are actually 
being even more biased uh, than they than they were before. Well, it's like it's like arguing the uh, the issue of gay marriage or the issue of abortion. This is all settled now. Therefore, do it our way. Operate within the new reality. Yeah, is that what they're saying? <laughs> yeah. What's What's a little unsettling about the AP style book is. Uh, traditionally in journalism, you knew that broadcast uh, journalists, uh, the mainstream media broadcast journalists, like from the legacy networks, would editorialize hard news. Uh, but that's because there was a fleeting broadcast that was going to go away and they could get away with that. They could yeah. say some some are saying well, what you mean is you guys at the water cooler were saying without citing sources and things. But to have it creep into print, which is more has more permanency. Uh, is definitely a concern, and people need to be aware of how they, what they're reading and, and realizing now that uh, the print media is kind of succumbing. Peter, about a minute to go. Um, I, I think one, one thing that I've struggled with is this isn't anything new. As Christians, we always need to be aware of what worldview is being presented to us. This AP style book is presenting a worldview. Any media that we consume, like Roger had mentioned earlier, uh, movies you watch, TV shows you watch, they are presenting you with a worldview. Uh, we cannot consume anything of this world uncritically. And what we're saying here is, look, the AP Style book has begun presenting a worldview that maybe it wasn't before, and now it's being a little more overt about it. And so we, we need to be aware of that at all times and out, constantly be asking ourselves, what's the worldview that's being presented here? And is it a Christian one uh, or is it antithetical to Christianity? And a lot of these changes may actually be antithetical to Christianity. And so we need to be careful uh, what we do with them, how we handle that. I think you're right on that. I think part of the key on that is just simple critical thinking on our part, on the part of our, our consumers, if you will to listen to the story and say, wait, is that really the message? Is this really what is being said? Well, you've been listening to Free to Be Faithful, which is a presentation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, as a religious liberty education and awareness program. Free to Be Faithful airs the third Monday of every month. Let's make it the third Wednesday. I can't even type here. I need a style guide. <laughs> third Wednesday of every month. Today's guests were LCMS Communications Specialist Roger Drennan and Peter Slayton. I'm your host, Kip Allen. You've been listening to Free to be Faithful, produced by Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Thank you for listening and supporting Free to be Faithful on Worldwide KFUO.